Hi, I'm Malcolm Nichols. And I'm Richard Ayling. And this is Man Reimagined, a podcast where we, as men, attempt to reimagine ourselves in the 21st century. How can we respond to the big questions that we're facing, both within ourselves and within society, and make sense of this ever-changing world? We don't have all the answers, but we do want to create a conversation. So join us moving forward as a man reimagined. Hello, everybody who's listening. Welcome back to another episode of Man Reimagined. And this episode is a very special episode because we've invited Drew Lawson back to talk to us again about men, sex, sexuality, intimacy, and how we can use both of those things as a form of healing and to deepen our relationships both with ourselves and with other people. So, um, Drew. How are you doing, mate? Welcome back onto the podcast. It's great to have you here. Malk, good morning. Hello and hi everyone who's listening. Thanks so much for having me back, Malcolm. It's um yeah. I was having a little oh, there we go. Oh, this so is the everyone, dog. dog. <laughs> for everyone listening, I am hound sitting a chihuahua at the moment. So if you hear yaps in the background, that's what that is. And I'm going to try and keep him mildly entertained with a small ball um, while focused on this podcast with you both. Yeah. And as, um, you, as as you pointed out before we started, it's uh, it's not your not your wife. It's not a dungeon scene that's going on in here. It's it's an actual dog that's having a year. It is an actual dog that's actually yapping, and I'm going to be occasionally throwing a tennis ball for it. They used right. to be guard dogs for protecting horses, which is why they go in saddlebags, which I found fascinating. Which is what makes them hyper vigilant and a bit yappy, because they used to sit in the right? saddlebags resting their little nervous systems against the nervous systems of horses and and calming the nervous system which is actually kind of a bridge into some of the things i want to talk about but when i heard that when i heard that they were guard dogs for for horses it really changed my relationship with chihuahuas which previously had been quite judgmental and handbaggy dogs (laughs) down you know swanky high streets i was like these little mexicans are guard dogs that's cool yeah all right thanks for sharing that man that's that's a wonderful piece of somewhat useless information but fantastic information no less to start this podcast so <laughs> random factoid you're very random welcome. factoid hey um just before we we get cracking into this just to acknowledge that rich is not joining us here tonight he's unfortunately unavailable to to be here but um we thought we'd go ahead nonetheless because you know this is uh last time when you you came on drew in fact you know just to just to say to you drew and to everybody who's listening that your your interview that we did last year was um by far and away our most well listened to podcast Mm -hmm. and and so that speaks i think just to the to the interest and the wanting to learn more about this this topic this topic of of sexuality this topic of sex and intimacy and um, certainly from my perspective, you know, the moment we had that podcast, I, it left me wanting more. I felt like we could easily have spent another two hours sitting there um, jamming and rapping about mm. um, everything that, and, and getting, and to be honest, listening to you and the knowledge that you bring around um, around this topic and this subject, it, it was uh, incredibly profound. So, you know, I just wanted to first off to say thank you for <clears throat> 
for coming back because um, you know I've I've been really wanting to continue that conversation ever since we had it. Mm, mm. Thank you, yeah. Mark. I appreciate that. I also want to acknowledge Rich not being here. He's an mm. old and dear friend, and um, I wish him all all the best with his journey at the moment. Um, yes. And I mean, you know, on the like the on the one hand, put sex in the title and sex sells. So I'm um, I'm acknowledging that perhaps it's a it's a, it's a particularly interesting topic for many people but I having seen and heard the quality of the podcasts you've got on from some of uh some of your other guests I mean it's very humbling to to for mm. this for my last cast which I think was almost a year ago um That's now right. to have had so much attention and appreciation so again you know I um as I think I said then a lot of what I have to to talk about is um by virtue of the fact that I've made most of the mistakes and put myself through <laughs> um, uh, like as many of the experiences as I can. So while I do have a pretty comprehensive training in a lot of this stuff, a lot of it is our uh, lessons that I've learned through, you know, the, my own car crash um, mm. journey of life. So yeah, from drawing on those resources, um, I'm all yours for the foreseeable future and we can chew on it and, and build hopefully on some of the things we opened last time. Yeah. Wow. Funny you say that. I mean, what I'm actually really curious is to start out with that car crash if you are comfortable <laughs> doing that, because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm really curious to know how you got into this world of um, kink, tantra, and and the exploration of sex to the level that you have got to. Because you know, as as we get into this podcast, so you know, we, we've we've got a list here of you know wanting to explore. The whole, the, the whole, run the gamut really of of sex, but also run the gamut of, um, you know, energy and connection and relationship as it relates to intimacy. So we're going to go through all of that. But you know, I'm I'm personally fascinated by how did you how did you arrive at at a place where you have become so um, connected into this world of sex and intimacy. Where I mean, it's a defining aspect of who you are and the the knowledge that you bring. You know, what 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 led you into this journey? Mm. Um, thank you, Mark. Oh, excuse me. <clears throat> thank you, Mark. Um, well, as I touched on at the beginning of the last podcast, I was you know I was born into a family constellation that was um, contained some strong currents of hypersexuality mm. and also of uh, a kind of a yogic modern yogic spirituality so from from as young as i can remember i was surrounded by um a lot of uh, quite obvious sexual energy um a lot of uh, pornography a lot of kind of 80s 80s london you know big hair big parties um type vibe and also a lot of uh, yogic practice my mother was a was a daily practicing yogi i was and so i practiced as a child and um, and it was, you know, so I, I think I spent a lot of my childhood um, trying to weave together or trying to reconcile this kind of uh, seemingly opposite energies of a kind of a yogic spiritual practice and a hypersexual environment that mm. I grew up in. Yeah. And so that, I mean, that those two currents, and this was from way back younger than I you know, can really remember I was it's been shared that I was always had a big interest in in nakedness in the naked body uh, you know I was a 
I was apparently, you know, self-pleasuring a lot when I was a kid. Um, my brother and I rarely wore a lot of clothes in the summer. And so there was a lot of running around in the fields and um, we had a bit of a garden, like a private garden space. So just as a kid, I was just like quite mm. regularly naked. And, yeah. um, and you know, my mum would say that she would often find me off in the woods or the bushes or and so on and playing with myself or you know I found a porno magazine and I'd taken it off and you know from a super young age so I guess there was a lot of that yeah um, and then there was also I remember having these kind of thoughts in my sort of seven eight nine years old of really like it's the first time I found myself really struggling to reconcile the images and stories that I had gleaned about how I was supposed to be sexually with women from the magazines that I'd been reading and mm. my kind of inability to even walk up to a girl in the school playing playing ground and say hello and mm. so there was a lot of kind of like this kind of disconnect between how I thought I was supposed to be sexually from the porn and how I was like the, the shame and the and the fear and the kind of the difficulty I had even just saying hi to girls and I think it was you know as I approached puberty and you know, that, you know, one begets the other, right? Like, how, yeah. how could I communicate those things? Um, and I knew that I wasn't supposed to. And so, in my teenage years, um, a sense of kind of shame and disconnection really grew around that, and that took me into uh, all the kind of adventures I had, starting in my twenties, around kink and open relating and group sex and tantra and Taoist and more inverted commas conscious sexual practices as well um so that's the that was the first kind of part and then the second mm -hmm. part to speak to your question was um uh, many years ago i was married and as my partner and i were then exploring um around intimacy and connection i you know we ended up uh, splitting up and getting a divorce but that led me into a much deeper inquiry into what was getting what were my blocks to int intimacy what were my sexual traumas my childhood traumas what were my uh what did i need to learn in order to cultivate a deeper connection with myself to in order to heal some of my uh needs i had for um the ways i was showing up in relationships so needs for you know affirmation from women or needs to like the nice guy stuff that was going on and how to just learn how to be um more sovereign in my own energy and how mm. to communicate and behave you know, more intimately and um, in a way that cultivated deeper connection with, with a, not only deeper connection, but deeper connection and building eros and love and energy with another. Mm. So, and that was in my, I guess I was in my early thirties, you know, late twenties, early thirties for that period. And that took me into the last decade or so of work that I've done now, which has been you know, working as a practitioner, therapist, body worker, and organizer of, um, of events and workshops mm. to, do, to, well, to do more with, um, and hopefully we'll talk about this a little later, but to do more, more with the, the capacity to hold sensation than necessarily um, about sex and pleasure, for example. Yeah, well, Let's not talk about it later. Let's jump into it now because you know this is what what it's led up to. It's kind of like where, where are you now? I mean, what are you what are you seeing now? Is the most important thing that you know? And, and you know, we're talking 
this is a man reimagined podcast, but you know, 50% of the listeners here are women. And mm, so, awesome. yeah, exactly. And, and I think there's a reason for that, right? Cause, cause women want to understand men as much as we want to understand ourselves <laughs> and we want to understand women. So, I mean, you know, what, what is it that you see as the, is the is the biggest need is the is the crying need for for men and for women um in regards to intimacy and sexuality and, and one of and you just alluded to it then so i'd love to hear from your, mm, yeah. from your perspective and experience hello dog <laughs> hello howler <laughs> sat, sat on his lead i think that's uh, okay. um so thank you mark um i well i think this is at least from my I feel this is actually the crying need for, for humanity and for the planet. And this is why I believe the work that I do is ecological at its, at its base, Ooh. its root. Um, and that is, what, as I just said, our building the capacity to sit with sensation. Uh-huh. And, um, and what I mean by that is, uh, is in this present moment, I mean, let's take a moment right now. And yep. I invite you and the other listeners to become aware to the best of your capacity, what are the sensations that you're noticing in your body in this, in this moment? And uh, I mean, maybe you can share a couple of sensations mm. and locations in your body that you're noticing right now, Mark. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting. I'm, you know, I can, I can feel in, in my gut, you know, there's a, just the moment you said that there was that 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 feeling that that slight kind of lurch of anxiety that kind of is going to ask mm. me what I'm feeling right so there's a sensation <laughs> there I mean it, it's interesting I um you know I I instantly noticed that just a little bit of tension in my my neck and shoulders and arms just you know kind of warming up into what we're doing here and the, the feeling of that mm. tension and just saying that I've dropped it but but then also there's a sense like I instantly also went down into my <laughs> into my cock and balls and genitals, which you know I know you and I talked about this, but there was an interesting feeling of of just going down there and and noticing the tension. It was like I was feeling mm. tension in my shoulders, but tension in my um, in my genitals as well, and and uh, and which I, I wasn't actually aware of, you know, and then. There's other sensations, you know, to do with uh, the way that I'm sitting on my legs. Um, you know, there's a, there's a tingling, tingling sensation going on there. So, yeah, mm. different, different, mm. different parts of my body have definitely got different experiences happening in them right now. Great, great, thank you. Mm. Um, so this is, you know, this is kind of practice one. Is is in the present moment, turning towards our physical experience, like what are the sensations that are, that are available for us to be felt in this moment? What are the sensations of, of us being alive? What is the information mm. that we're receiving that tells us we're alive? And, you know, it's, I mean, it's, I don't mean to paraphrase, you know, the great spiritual traditions, but I think I'm going to slightly, a lot, a lot of um, what we tend to do is then, um, separate those sensations into pleasure or pain sensations that um you know we want to move away from or move towards Mm. um and if those and if some of those sensations are and each of those actions moving away from or moving towards 
like kind of takes us from the present moment towards the goal. Yeah. And, um, and then, you know, modern life we have, I don't know, I'm talking to you via my laptop. I've had to set up the tech. We, you know, I had a thought about what I might be sharing, but uh, these are all things that have taken me into my mind and had me kind of plan and plot and, and so on. And, and in doing so just lost my connection with a lot of my physical sensations Mm. And with our work, with our lives, with our apps, with all of the all of the things in life that have us um, look outside for to live our lives, it can it can disconnect us from the experience of what's emerging in our body in that moment. And you know, this is necessary. We need all of this for survival and life, and to to create whatever it is we wish to create in the world. And it's kind of speeding up. It's, you know, with, there's a lot of stuff out there now about the, the, um, you know, potentially intentionally cultivated um, dopamine triggering of various, you know, social media apps and mm. life is, life is getting fast, harder, faster, more, more attention. There's competition for our attention being bombarded a lot with all these different um, products and services and things we need that are all designed to, well, that all have the impact, should I say, of distracting us from sitting with the experience, the sensational landscape of being alive. Mm. And in doing so, take us, in my judgment, away from the experience of intimacy, intimacy with self first. Mm-hmm. And from there, intimacy with others, sitting with and noticing the sensations in our bodies. Um, and you know like because of this kind of like towards pleasure away from pain it's it's easy to see to think of these two things as kind of on different dials like a the bass and treble dial on the stereo for example probably showing my age here um, <laughs> but, uh, but you know in my experience it's it's not they're not two separate dials it's actually all on the one volume dial so as I build my capacity to sit with discomfort sensations that feel uncomfortable in my body i simultaneously build capacity to sit with uh, pleasurable sensations in my yes. body yeah and um and in trying to turn discomfort down and comfort up i'm kind of short-circuiting the system short-circuiting my system it's not doesn't feel actually possible so um so in as much as like a lot of us are chasing pleasure chasing um you know, relaxate, oh, just just chasing towards um, dopamine at, uh, at the bottom line, but towards things we want and running away from things we don't want. Um, we're kind of building this uh, this uh, inability to sit with and feel. So a lot of the work that mm. I do with clients are, is about um, building capacity to sit with sensation because often in an intimate connection, whether it be with a stranger or someone we've known for many years, what can come up uh, is can be uncomfortable stuff. This, uh, this, there's a requirement really to be vulnerable. Uh, vulnerability mm. is is the way into intimacy. So sitting with uh, the the mirror of another human being, sitting with um, how we feel ourselves, sitting with the not knowing of what's going to happen now, sitting with all the micro rejections and openings and possibilities, and staying present to the sensations such that we can feel our bodies and you know like you you said um, when you reflected you felt tension in your neck and shoulders and as you said it it disappeared um what you, your body might have been doing is would have been kind of 
numbing out from that to avoid feeling it until you turn towards it, mm. felt it, and then it, it seemed to soften and dissolve and drop away. And then you felt further down into your body and you felt your belly and your genitals and so on. So all of the, like our capacity to feel our bodies is really important when it comes to our capacity to be uh, in erotic, intimate, sensual, sexual connections with ourselves and each other. Yeah. So, so I mean, this, yeah. you, you know, I'm, I'm listening to you speak and I'm just like, um, I wonder how many people who are listening would, would, would have thought that that would have been kind of like the, the base level foundation of what of what this whole process is about developing intimacy with intimacy with self and others i mean certainly it, as you as you talk about it it's blindingly obvious to me at least you know because it, it speaks to the work that i do around anxiety and, and everything else and yet even even think you know um it, it's not the first place that I would go and I don't think it's the first place that many people would go in terms of you know wanting to become more intimate this this idea of actually learning how to just simply feel feel what's going on in the present moment um yeah but but, but so profound and and mm. you know it's just bringing up uh you know it brings up a huge amount I mean I, you know I've been in a in a relatively long-term relationship and with a child and you know and there's there's a lot of the there's a lot of the things that go with those long-term relationships which is and having children which is you know intimacy does tend to drop off and and it gives because it gives way to to the mundane experiences of life and and as you're talking what i'm you know what i'm very aware of as I'm feeling in my own body is how much, yeah, that there is a, an element of, of kind of just dropping into that numbness of, of not um, connecting into how I'm feeling in relationship to that experience. It's like, mm. there's an element of ignoring that experience, which, and, and um, abs absolutely that um, robs, robs me of so much it robs me of a huge amount mm -hmm. yeah I feel very tender hearing you share that yeah uh, I mean it's, it's I'd it's like a... to also reflect on a couple of bits you mentioned if I may yeah go go for it uh, I don't mean to cut you off there Malk. um no, but there, there is this piece and you know I mentioned about you know dopamine in this ever faster society and there's this this kind of um there seems to be a conflation or, or a confusion perhaps between um, intensity and intimacy. And certainly what I've been trying to offer and what I just shared and with my clients is, is around this idea of slowing down. Mm. And in slowing down, it opens up our capacity to feel more yes. through our sense gates. Um, but in the modern world it's there's this uh drive towards intensity peak experiences mm. big experiences the biggest orgasm the you know the hottest <laughs> this the most <laughs> polarized that is and you know twice on thursday and 15 times over the weekend and all this you know, yeah and yeah I, I when i used to go to uh to kind of i was going to say some of the more mainstream sex parties but i suppose that shows how uh 
how over to one side I've been in my life because sex parties have never really been that mainstream. But a lot of the, <laughs> the um, <laughs> a lot of what London's had to offer, for example, have been these kind of like hyper intense, like even the marketing is like all the everyone's supposed to look like James Bond or you know or a Bond girl or it's like catwalk models and it's like get in there, have a handful of Viagra, have a handful of champagne create this like high pressure bang 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 big intense environment and um, people like just kind of three hours later everyone's fucked out and goes home and you know i have judgments around uh around the the impact that has on the nervous system um mm. and yeah not to mention things around consent and boundaries and so on um but it's that kind of in drive to intensity and even looking on you know in the more kind of inverted commas spiritual or conscious world there's still a lot of um like there's still a lot of narrative around bigger better and mm. um and it it puts it does kind of it feeds this intensity drive instead of this intimacy drive now there are also like as one of my uh, longest teachers michaela bohm a wonderful wonderful woman um has often talked about this uh this and you know she she has a number of um of lineages that she offers through her work uh, which carry this similar message um there's a, there's the intimacy of knowing someone really really well which is like a a proximity intimacy you know coming mm. together and really kind of closing the distance between two people um and then, you know, uh, I've heard her talk about, you know, typically if you look at a retirement magazine, you see two octogenarian, an octogenarian couple who are wearing the same purple velour tracksuits and finishing mm. each other's sentences and ordering each other's meals for them because, and, you know, it's super intimate. They know each other so well. They've closed the gap so much, but it's not very hot. And then there's this, uh, this other idea of, of intimacy as polarity, as like sexual charge, sexual spark. And that requires distance. Mm. So, you know, as, and this comes up a lot in long-term relationships, it has in mine and it, it has in many of the people that I speak to is, is that we can, you know, if we, if we manage to, if we manage to stay conscious enough to not just slip into kind of numbness and anesthetic of, you know, a new box set on Netflix and, uh, you know, and just going through the habits. Um, but if we if we stay present and conscious to work on our relationship, we can often close the gaps a lot without also maintaining the distance for there to be a, an erotic spark. Mm. Um, and that, and so, you know, we go to intensity to try and put petrol on the spark rather than move towards some of the more inquiring into sensation based practices, which which is more of a gentle breath of oxygen onto the flame rather than a. Yeah, let's just dump a litre of petrol on it. <laughs> that is such a beautiful, that last little image is just so beautiful. A gentle breath of oxygen onto the flame. I love that. And um, yeah, I mean, you've just, I, I'm listening to you speak, Drew, and, you know, it, it's almost poetic the way you talk about about that. It's um, and, it, and I find it so... Um, it's like you're hitting the nail on the head you know <laughs> but for me and, and experience and how I'm viewing it and and this thing of slowing down I mean I'm curious you know I mean talk to me a little bit about what 
what that looks like. I mean, obviously you've talked about sensation, but you know, what, what does it mean to actually slow down with somebody or, or slow down with ourselves? First off, I guess mm. is probably what you, where you're going to go. It's, so mm-hmm. slow down, you know, <laughs> what does it look like? How, how do we, how do we begin to even step into that space of slowing down? Yeah. Thank you, Mel. Um, I mean, firstly, like in terms of uh, what you described as my poetic language, um, you know, often me gently blowing oxygen onto, you know, the, a candle flame has looked like a three-year-old blowing out candles at his birthday party. You know, it's not, it's not elegant, it's not graceful, but it is practice. Mm. And so, like, the first thing I just want to to say to anyone listening and feeling curious about this is, it's like we have to t- we have to take ourselves way less seriously. <laughs> and we have to be prepared. We have to be prepared to get it to get it wrong or mess it up. And yeah, you know, and sometimes you know we might try and blow some oxygen onto the candle, but we might blow it out, and in doing so, blow hot wax all over our partner. And, and you know, there's a time and a place, but if it's not consensual, yes. um, <laughs> so you know, it's it is yeah. a, this is a dojo, right, to to play yeah. around with. And like I say, I if I get anything right um, these days, it's because I've got everything wrong in the past Mm. so you know so and this is kind of also one of the roles that probably one of the biggest roles I bring to working with couples is um it's a it can be a high risk game like coming to kind of relational intimacy sexual coaching as a couple because um yeah there's there's a lot at risk you know what happens if it fucks up or something goes wrong or there's a break or is you know it's really vulnerable ground so one of the first things i say to couples when they come to work with me is blame me if anything you know if i give you some exercises if i give you some games if i give you some invitations here it's much better that it's coming from me because they don't have to necessarily feel feel guilty about them getting it wrong or the other person suggesting a stupid game and it didn't work and blah 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 so yeah it's um it's you know it, it is a little bit like um you know juggling hand grenades here because of the potential um opening and impact and trauma and the vulnerable just yeah such a vulnerable vulnerable world and so there's as one word, of my there's that word shame that comes in mm. for me too right as a as a man you know getting the, the shame of getting it wrong and and not not yeah. this, this idea of performance and everything else right mm. they're they're two huge psychological things that I, I know that I'm constantly dealing with, um, even as yeah. a bloody 49-year-old man. I mean, fuck me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, Mark. Mm. It's um and there's a whole, you know, there's a huge conversation, many conversations to be had around uh, around shame. Mm. Um, but it is the, you know, it is the Eros killer. It yeah, and it's it's the energy killer. It it is crippling. It shows up, you know, for people of all genders in different ways and flavors. And you know, the you know shame shame kind of cripples the masculine energy um mm. because of this piece around performance and leading and like and terror of getting it terror of getting it wrong and as many great writers and um and thinkers have suggested you know shame is this is this energy of i am wrong yeah as opposed to mm. what some people call it healthy shame or or guilt or so on where they say oh i've done something wrong i'll learn from it this idea of toxic shame or you know existential shame which is i am wrong 
Mm. It, it takes our voice, it takes our energy, it takes our capacity to, to have any sort of anchor or groundedness um, in order to act from a place of, of openness and puts our nervous system straight into sympathetic response, fight or flight, shut down, um, and it's a, it's a non-starter. So, mm. um, so yeah, there's a, there's a lot there. But you were asking about like how to start with the slowing down. Yes. And I'd yes, like to yes. just check in a bit yeah. with that. Um, because again, we live, mo most of us live very busy lives um, and lives that are set up to take our attention. So, um, so it starts with carving out some time. Um, and it does start with, with ourselves first um, before moving in with another. So there's, there is all the practices to do with cultivating intimacy with ourselves um, and then the practices with another um, but first things like it is close it's turn off the devices you know it's carve out some time turn off the phone shut down the laptop and say you know okay for the next hour or 30 minutes or if you've got five minutes five minutes I'm going to do the best I can to not be distracted and then um, so you turn off the obvious distractions and then sit there and feel all the less obvious distractions, the thoughts, the to-do lists, the bits, the bobs, the, you know, oh, I forgot to feed the cat, I forgot to walk the chihuahua, et cetera. And then gradually, <laughs> so cultivating a, cultivating a personal practice of sitting with sensation, which is, you know, which is manifested in lots of different traditions over the years, whether it's a... Mm. Um, various forms of, of uh, meditation, you know, passionate body scans, um, Sensor, sensory awareness practices, whether it's taking a walk or sitting in the garden with a cup of tea, you know, whatever uh, the practices are, to just be slow with our own bodily sensations helps build uh, a capacity to be with another with our bodily sensations. And, and we can even name them, like if we're sitting with ourselves, we might name in our head or even out loud, oh, I feel tingles tingles in my chest i feel aching in my uh in my glutes as i sit on the chair or i feel i can feel my left foot but not my right foot my little tracking things like this um just so that we can keep noticing observing sensation location mm. um and then you know we we would then be well served by bringing real attention to our our erotic self-practice, like, do we, do we masturbate? Do we self-pleasure? If we do, how do we do it? And um, there are different threads here, but some of the key ones here are around self-sourcing eros. So uh, how much do we use external sources of eros to kind of light our candles, light our erotic candles, whether that be porn or fantasy or memory? Um, uh, or do we, you know, are we able to sit, still and be present enough with ourselves to notice an erotic movement, a movement of eros or aliveness in our body that we can find some pleasure in and, and softly blow on that, bring our awareness gently to it and our breath to it, enabling that to grow to a point that there's even erotic arousal in our bodies. Mm. Um, so that's, that's the first one. It's like, where do we, where are we sourcing our, uh, our erotic mm. spark from and for most for most men and most people it's an external thing it's a it's, it's either an external uh 
practice porn um, uh, or you know looking at naked bodies or being uh, off another body or it's an internal but non-present experience such as a memory or a fantasy mm, um, yeah. and the second part is very much a physiological one which is uh, how like how are we touching ourselves and what positions are our bodies in and the habit patterns that can build up through years of self-pleasuring for most people there will be just a couple of physical positions that we will typically take if we want to masturbate if we want to have a wank it's like okay i'm gonna i'm you know, there'll be it's either a position in a chair or on a sofa in a bed but, but using one particular hand touching yourself in a couple of particular ways like as we go through years and decades of of self-pleasuring we tend to l- close down rather than open up the different ways we touch and so that that creates some like, habit patterns in the nervous system it myelinates the, the nerves that kind of can create sort of like fast track orgasms in our body and you know, if we use that to get to sleep or wake up or whatever it is there's and what happens is we tend to shut our bodies down by holding our breath or breathing in a particular way clenching particular muscles um, and it gives us a, a kind of a fast, like a fast food orgasm, a fast food wank, but it, it cuts off all of the availability to feel and track and notice all the other parts of our body. So often when I'm doing this coaching with others or when I need to remind myself how to do it, like I'll, I'll say, right, anything, anything but the traditional ways that I self-pleasure. So I might, for mm. example, I don't know, choose to be on all fours on a yoga mat or on the floor. And I might use my, the other hand, the hand that I traditionally don't touch myself with, or I might touch myself in a different way, like flip my hand over so that I'm, I'm stroking or touching, or even start you know, on the back of my neck instead of the, you know, the back of my balls, or and mm. find all these different ways that are not typical and not traditional. And the first thing that happens often for people when we do this is we can't feel anything. Mm. And so after a while we go, oh, right fuck this like i'll go back to how i used to do it have a wank and uh, away we go um but if we stay with it if we stay with the boredom and it can bring up all sorts of things in my experience it can bring up anger boredom grief uh distraction it's like oh god i wonder what you know i need to turn my phone back on or i just need to send that email because we don't want to sit with the discomfort of not feeling or the discomfort of numbness or the discomfort of the irritation of not being able to get hard and you know for many men you know if uh you know the proto pornographic image of always hard always on always ready to fuck um that we get from from porn uh you know from mainstream porn that's, that's served is you know if we're if we're spending 10 or 15 minutes moving our bodies in a non-traditional way breathing more deeply or differently making sound through our mouths and we're staying soft in our genitals. We're not hard, getting hard in our genitals. That can that can trigger shame, as we were talking about earlier. But it can trigger mm. irritation, boredom, resentment. And it's a after a while, it uh, that that's the this is the territory we have to move through to awaken, to reawaken our nerves, to find different ways of moving eros in our body and bringing the whole of our bodies back online. Like our bodies are erotic instruments designed to feel extreme amounts of sensation in our fingertips the tip of our tongue on the roof of our mouth the, our earlobes the back of our neck but if we're gently focused and performance orientated we've just shut down the, the range from 
massive to super narrow. And mm. then we focus all of our, uh, our erotic awareness into this super narrow channel of this, this should be sexual and erotic mm. and intimate and, you know, and bonding for me and my partner and all like all of this pressure yeah. on, you know, on a, on a straw when, you know, we should be running through on the act of fucking. And yeah. this is, you know, we're talking, we live in an erotic universe. Like the, like Eros moves like life force. For those of you as old as I am that remember the original Star Wars films, um, you know, the good ones. Um, <laughs> this is, you know, this, this force they talk about, this energy is, is, you know, it turns up in the poetry of Rumi and turns up in the Gnostic scriptures and um, the Tibetan Buddhist tracks. There's this vibrational, mm. this radiance of life we're living in an erotic universe. It's the, it's the energies of attraction, like gravity and repulsion, like the, like that holds bodies in space that form atoms and molecules and cells and organisms and communities. And finding that, that kind of uh, radiant vibrational patterns if we tune into it, I believe, and I've tasted something that, that feels like this a few times in my life, this is kind of like the, the gentle orgasmic hum of life. And in, yes. and in collapsing all that into like us, one act of like thrusting in and out or being thrusted into and out of in such a way as it's going to meet this, this like uh, quantum longing that we have for to know ourselves as, as part of erotic life experiencing itself in union is it's, mm. a, it's a big thing to put on a date on a friday night <laughs> it's <laughs> massive and i have to say i mean I, i'm sitting here and i'm like you've you've kind of dived into i mean i've heard you talk about you you, you pulled out quantum the, the quant you know the word quantum you've talked about buddhism you've you, you you've basically brought in to this experience of coming into our sensory nature to, in, in such a profound level, and and you've you've brought it into this incredible uh, realignment, where which is what I've heard you say is the, the, the spirituality of you know what what would often be considered a, a spiritual journey or a spiritual experience. You've you've kind of brought the sensate world that you're talking about in, in alignment with that and, and you've used this word eros a number of times and i'm i just want you i'd love you for you to dive a little bit more into talking a little bit about this because um you know you, you and i talk a lot and and you often talk about eros and i'm still a little bit confused simply because it's i know that it, it's when you explain it, it, it will be the same as vibration and everything else. But I'd love to hear from your turn, talk, from from you. You know, what is eros? What what does it mean to tap into eros and and the gifts of that? Can you give us more? Give enlighten me and enlighten those who are listening. Mm, um, hmm. Well, I you know, in terms of in terms of my my understanding what the, yeah what is the word even like eros where does it come from i mean uh, well <laughs> it, i mean it's tracks the eros is is tracked from the greek um okay. you know, two brothers i think is the, the myth eros and antiros 
were actually the, the gods of unrequited and requited love, I believe. Um, but uh, often that, that kind of, you know, we hear a lot more about Eros and Antiros. And, um, and for me, you know, unrequited love, like, it's, again, it's kind of been the, the modern like, understanding or holding of that is like heartbreak and disappointment and this kind of tragic, romantic, unrequited love. But for me, I've always thought of it much more, or I've come to think of it much more as, as this kind of yearning for the divine. Like it's more of the unrequited love of Rumi's poetry. It's like always be seeking. Like when, when a lot of the, um, the Sufi poets, in my understanding, talk about the longing, they, you know, so the, the, a lot of Sufi poetry is deeply erotic to me when I read it. Mm. And it's all, it's all metaphor for the longing to feel the divine eros of life moving through the body. Um, mm. and, th and that's the kind of the unrequitedness is it's the longing that draws us. It's, uh, and um, there have been some wonderful thinkers, Mark Epstein springs to mind, um, who talk about desire within the, uh, the Buddhist context, for example. And, and in, instead of a, some, some ideas or kind of like modern sort of perversions of, of some of these ideas, and again, the same in a lot of Christian texts, that you know, we should suppress or ignore or, or transcend desire, Actually, some of the original teachings are, are more of, about opening to desire. In fact, I think that's the title of Mark Epstein's book that I'm referring to. Like, mm. again, turning back towards and leaning into and softening to allow this kind of yearning to emerge in the body, this soft, like, effervescence of, of sort of, uh, of desire, the felt sense of desire in the body and use mm. that as a kind of a somatic lighthouse uh, to, to move towards the integration of the, of the personal eros, the eros we feel in our own bodies with eros with others, with planetary eros, you know, this big Gaia-esque uh, life form um, that is the experience of, of life. Um, and I guess that's where it kind of moves into, I don't know if quantum's the right word, but this certainly this holistic and unified field idea of a lot of this, these sorts of senses of eros. Mm. But when it comes down to like to bring it all the way back to like right here, right now, it is, uh, again, it comes down to can I sit, can I sit undistracted as much as possible with the sensations available for me to feel, the sensations mm that are being picked up in my sensory awareness. Uh, the sensations that, you know, this, this, these, we live in a vibrational universe, right? the vibrations that are coming through my ears, my eyes, through the senses on my skin and being translated in my brain into, um, oh, this is that smell, this is that color, this is that taste, this is this experience. But at the point they enter my senses, it's vibrational information. And mm. can I, and I orientate myself at that place where I'm just noticing as best as I can the sensations before I, my brain rushes to label them and compartmentalize them and make assumptions about them and so on. And you know, so get a little bit ahead of the, is it comfortable or is it uncomfortable? Do I want it or do I not want it? And again, it comes back then to some of the stuff we were talking about earlier 
about building the capacity to to sit with that. And I'd like to say a little bit about that right now, if I may. Please do um, jump in. Thank you. So, uh, like a lot of my, while I was I was involved in yogic teachings from, I mean, uh, intentionally from about age twelve. It was uh, it was actually a book called uh, The Tao of Sex, Health, and Longevity, I believe, by yes. an author called Daniel Daniel Reed. When I was about yes. seventeen or so, that read kind the of, same book. Read it myself. Yeah, a number of, a number there we of go. times. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, <laughs> and that was kind of my on ramp into it was Taoist rather than rather than tantric or yogic sexuality, but it was um, it was my on ramp into a lot of a lot of this like more conscious sexual work. And uh, and but it was also an introduction to Tai Chi, for example, or Qigong, and um, you know these forms of of putting the body into quite strong physical postures, particularly in some of the standing Qigong postures like holding the tree and so on um, where you know we, we bend our knees we take a low seat we might raise our arms um, to, to kind of, as if we're holding a beach ball and hold this posture for three five ten thirty minutes such a point that the body starts to sweat it gets uncomfortable it gets achy we start shaking there's all this big heat builds up in the body and in doing something like this for example we're we're really building our capacity to hold strong sensations of discomfort in the body. And as the discomfort builds up, the practice is to keep relaxing, to keep softening, to notice where we're closing and tensing, to relax the shoulders, to deepen the breath, to unclench the jaw, to let our breath be uh, softer and more flowy. And And it's kind of like we're, like in doing that and holding that posture for a longer and longer time, we're turning up the, the the dial on the amount of amps we're running through our system and the amount of charge we're putting through our system and typically when we stop doing a posture like that we might sit down and there'll be spontaneous shakings or twitchings and and heat and release in the body and that can be accompanied with emotional release and so on practices like that are a fantastic way of building the capacity to then be with pleasurable sensations so we take what we've not only learn but we take what we've carved out in our bodies in our nervous systems from the discomfort of a qigong practice and take that into a lovemaking practice and then when the energy builds for example when pleasurable energy or orgasmic energy builds up and we feel like we're getting closer and closer to a pudendal orgasm to a contractual spasmodic orgasm or ejaculation we've we can lean into the lessons and the and what we've learned from the qigong to be able to sit with more and more sensation and heat and energy if you like from uh, from within the lovemaking practice so a lot of the a lot of the the teachings and the practices that i've been involved with around for example regaining ejaculatory choice or you know, being able to be in physical intimacy for longer or using the energy to move through the using practices to move energy in the body uh, are drawn from the like the ordeal path, the Qigong practices, as well as the bliss path, so that we can, we can keep building and holding more and more and more energy. And that's where, uh, when we're in intimacy, when we're in sexual intimacy, and that's where a lot of my experiences of, of deep intimacy come from, you know, not from like 
uh, you know, be, being able to have this huge, intense, like 30 second spasmodic orgasm, which can be delicious and delightful and all of that. Yeah. But it's like being able to be really, to, to stay present to the experiences in my body and the experiences I'm having connected to another person's body in an in a subject subject way and moving enough to build the energies in the bodies drawing on you know that the, the crucible we've carved out from our qigong practices and other practices so that we can we can hold much more charge and then feel the the deep intimacy that comes from being you know the vibrations and the the the, the intent the vulnerability the, the soft intensity that comes from just slowly breathing together and building charge together and finding this dance. And yeah, we touched a bit on it in the last podcast and maybe we'll say a bit more um, today around mm. like yin and yang between two beings. So like yeah. if, if, if we're able to cook up that soup of intensity, that soup of energy, excuse me, with another being, then within that dance, polarity is moving the whole time. There are times where there's great proximity. There are times where there's great distance. There's times when, if it is a male body and a female body in that dance, there's times when the, the female body will be leading and the male body will be receiving. There'll be times when it's switched around and the male body is leading and penetrating energetically and the female body is being penetrated. And it's just a, just a delicious vibrational soup of sensation that is and the strength of that crucible is uh in no small part because of the personal discomfort and pleasure practices we've done independent of another body Mm. does that make sense it does it does and i think you know that last little bit is the key it's kind of you know the 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 work beforehand right it's it's not like we can (laughs) Not like we can rock up and all of a sudden run a marathon without uh, without, doing a bit of, without doing a bit of training beforehand, right? Which I Absolutely. certainly know I'm I certainly know I'm guilty of. It's like hmm. you know my expectation is is that I can you know I'll be able to knock out a sub three hour marathon, um, you know, just just by thinking about it basically. <laughs> and 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 what I'm hearing from you is that you know. It, it takes work. It takes a commitment or a will, not a commitment. A, well, it does take commitment, but a willingness mm-hmm. to want to, to soften into it. And, and what I'm also hearing is there's so much that we need to soften into it's, you know, it's softening into sensation. It's softening into all the self-talk and the, mm-hmm. and the judgments and the fears. And, and, you know, we mentioned shame and, and all of that. And, um, hmm, I have to say, yeah. I mean, you know, there's a part of me that goes, fuck, that, that sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> well, but I mean, so I'm going to jump in here, Mark. I mean, yeah. this is, you know, having a strong why is, is really important. Mm. Like, what, why, why do we want whatever it is we want in terms of intimacy? Is there, like, how much of this is carrot and how much of it is stick? But, you know, this is why I kind of, Angela, like, what you're saying is absolutely correct. We've got a you know, we've got to spend some time with our childhood lessons, like the, the constellation we grew up in, what we learned from our parents, our, our attachment traumas, bonds, our, you know, our personal practice. I mean, there's the self-development therapy healing path, 
And then mm. there's there's also a track that runs alongside that is our desire to be in a committed, intimate relationship with ourselves and someone else um, and life, perhaps. Um, and then also there's this kind of sacramental track, which is like where I'm kind of, I've touched into, um, but it's, it is, you know, it's kind of, it's, 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 it's practices that reconnect us to a sense of, of life as sacred and, and a sense of, a sense of, mm, uh, a sense of, it. yeah, I, I don't know how else to say it than that, but these practices can, these threads can absolutely do run alongside each other. And sometimes they can get all conflated into a little bit of a, a mess, but if we're conscious and present to those tracks running, like, here for all the things that it's helping me to and I, th I think probably the um like the the piece that unites all of them for me is wholeness right? wholeness in terms of my own energetic system wholeness in terms of my psychological system wholeness in terms of my relationship to the community my family my partner or partners and wholeness in terms of uh integrated life systems with the planet with ecology and and with life um, mm. and when when i have been able to plug in to this sense of universal eros there are other practices here as well around um around managing my energetic fullness uh, which might be called brahmacharya in uh, in yogic practice uh which has been approached from many different directions it's to do with boundaries it's potentially to do with when we choose to have a contraction or peak orgasm or ejaculation or otherwise and goes into you know the foods we eat and and how we choose to live our lives but when when i'm connected with this kind of erotic life source battery i find mm. myself a lot less needing or a lot less drawn to to take energy from others and so i can be much more generous in my giving of energy or in allowing energy to move out of myself and rather than like having this kind of like scarcity mentality and a lot of people and i've done it many times myself approach intimacy with a little bit of an either a not necessarily conscious unconscious kind of scarcity mentality i haven't got there's not much time i haven't got much energy there's a lot going on da, 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 da. or you know what can i get from this or i want you know i want to have an orgasm because unconsciously i just i want to relax or i want to take a few seconds out of thinking about life or you know sometimes that peak experience of an of an peak orgasm is one of the one of the best ways we know to kind of turn off the mind for a while and dissolve into like it's mm. a kind of a fast track uh, dissolution into unity consciousness for a few seconds and then we're back but in doing so you know we can often peak and drop our dopamine into this kind of le petit more the little death the you know the orgasm yeah. and this and the sleep type thing mm. um but if we can find ways of being of cultivating eros charge in our bodies of cultivating with others in such a way as we keep slowly building and building and carving out ever stronger bigger containers crucibles for us to hold this energy then I, I believe and i've had a personal experience of this that we 
we we we I stopped looking outside myself for things uh, to keep me going, whether that's reaching for coffee or consuming or new clothes or or you know resources outside of myself when I'm plugged into into the erotic life force energy in my own body and in uh, from the planet. And again, this comes back to me seeing eros as an ecological piece. Is I think if you know if if for the most part, and I I'm very aware of the insanely privileged position, you know, orientation around this, um, because I'm in a house in West London with food in my fridge right now. But if those of us who have the privilege and capacity to do this can um can build our build our capacity to sit with sensation to build our erotic connection with ourselves and others in life we'll we'll use less fucking resources from the planet we'll actually find that there's a greater source our batteries are bigger than we think they are Mm. and we'll stop needing all these other things we'll stop needing these other things to impress potential partners we'll stop needing these other things to distract ourselves we'll stop needing these other things to make ourselves look good or feel good or you know take the edge off the existential angst for a while and we'll just oh okay I'm just going to sit here in the in the gentle orgasmic hum of life. Right, <laughs> and I Absol- haven't done any absolutely. shopping for the last hour. Well, absolutely. I mean, I'm I'm sitting here in awe. I've you know we've uh, coming onto this podcast in some ways to learn a little bit about how you know how how can I develop greater intimacy with myself and and others and. Um, and what I'm what I'm experiencing right now, and I use the word experiencing because I'm actually feeling it in my body as I'm as I'm experiencing the sense that the sense of um, what is the full capacity and potential that exists within me if I'm willing to actually um, open myself up to the to the experience of deep intimacy <laughs> of and and that deep sensate intimacy it's like as as i am as i'm understanding it right now is this this ability to sit in the experience of being in my body and the sensations that reside in there and allowing that energy to arise and tap into the potential that that has for me i'm um uh, I'm I'm having a completely a different experience about what intimacy is right now to what I had thought it was, <laughs> to mm. to what I to what I was experiencing it as or interpreting it as an hour ago. It's um it's mm. it's quite quite profound actually, Drew. Everything that you've just mm. said, in my opinion. Thank you, Mel. Um, mm. Well, hearing you say that, you know, I have a I notice my eyes tearing up. I notice sensations of tingling and spaciousness mm. in my chest and my hips get a kind of a bit achy and like I, I find myself doing little rotations and and my breath deepens and mm. I love that I love that that's an experience that, that you're having right now mm. absolutely I mean it, it you know it takes if we go outside and we sit and I, I, I know you're in New Zealand I'm not sure you know, I know you and I spent a lot of our time on beaches together, but sitting sitting on a beach with the waves, or sitting in my back garden with the jasmine plant here, or you know, wherever it is where we can just sit and feel and notice the the as you know as subtle and soft a tingling of radiant eros as we can, and build on that, 
But it takes the pressure off the sex act, right? It takes the pressure Absolutely. off our partners Absolutely. and all of that. So then, then that can that can be its own piece. I can't believe we've got here an hour into the podcast and neither neither of us have mentioned anal fisting once. <laughs> well, it was it was on it was on our it was on our run sheet, wasn't it? I'm pretty sure. Hang on, hang on. There's, there's uh, let's go. We've got we've got anal fisting. We've got uh, <laughs> opening the arse. There opening the arse. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's all in there. But I, I think um, it was all. I'd like to done. speak a little bit to to the intention behind that slight comedic interlude, if I may. Yeah, please do. I mean, you know, there's no. We, we don't want to. We don't want to make this sound like it was all just completely a. a, a a spiritual awakening i'd love to know a little bit yeah. about anal fisting please yeah great great i mean you probably want to put some kind of a trigger warning at the beginning of this but, yeah um <laughs> for rich if no one else yeah, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> i am um, well I, I touched on this i believe in the last podcast and this feels so important for for me as a man and for so many men and for so many women um mm-hmm. it's this it's this piece of like this and we haven't talked much about it at all but this conflation of of masculine and men and feminine and women and this kind of neo-tantric codependence that um that emerges when when we we put too much emphasis on cultivating one quality rather than both qualities and we externalize what's always been intended to be the internal union of yin and yang or masculine and feminine or ida and pingala in, in the hatha yoga tradition and these qualities within within the body energetic qualities within the body and uh, in tai chi for example for you know every, every posture has an opening and a closing within the posture there's one you know as you open the palm of your hand the back of the the back of the hand closes the palm opens as you close into a fist you know the the palm of the hand becomes close closes into yin and the outside of the hand becomes open into yang and um and so these learning to be in this dance is really important important for energetic and emotional literacy and capacity and and to stay in to stay in flow in in the dance and um and that like i'm going to jump a little bit into kind of sexual energetics here but what what is really really important is for and i'm i'm going with sort of heteronormative um sort of standards here is for men to learn to receive and um and women to learn to penetrate and typically the more important piece there is for men to learn to receive because it's very hard to penetrate a steel wall and many men's yeah. bodies are so kind of tr- locked and traumatized and rigid and stiff. And you know, there is this you know, cultural and educated and, and taught idea that men must, you know, that we must perform, we must penetrate, we must be always on, we must be, you know, this, this trope that it comes through pornography and, and, uh, and sort of masculine patriarchal culture of being the doers the initiators the you know, the um penetrators and so the reason i talk about um anal, well the reason i i mentioned anal fisting but what i really mean by that is talking about 
receiving sensation and pleasure in our ass. Like I would like fisting is at one end of the spectrum, way down at the other end of the spectrum where I encourage everybody to start is you know, gently rubbing your anal sphincters with your fingers and a little bit of oil or lube. So um, um, the mm. two anal sphincters that we have, the external and internal anal sphincters, particularly they sit next to each other, like at our rectum. And the external anal sphincter is uh, something that we have voluntary control over. We can kind of tense it and relax it if, when we're defecating, for example. The internal anal sphincter, which sits just inside, um, we don't have conscious control over. And it represents one of what's called the master key to the nervous system. It's a, it's um, kind of a, a direct gate to access our sympathetic and our parasympathetic nervous system. So mm. receiving soft, gentle, rhythmic, loving touch in a contained space where we know and trust that the touch isn't gonna to be changed or escalated, or it's gonna turn from a thumb gently rubbing our sphincter to a thumb going into our anus, um, for example, which can cause a shock to the body. When, mm. we, when, we, when we hold or touch ourselves really gently or receive touch from another um, trusted person really gently, our whole nervous system calms down and, and it takes our bodies from sympathetic, cortisol, adrenaline, um, into parasympathetic, more oxytocin, more dopamine, more endorphins. And so yeah. it's, a, it's a super powerful way to calm and balance the body. Mm. However, for many, so for many, many people, we've been non-consensually penetrated in our anuses, which can cause a huge shock, you know, to the body, whether it's in sexual play whether it's from doctors um, in hospital or whether it, you know, for, in whatever reasons, a lot, of, a lot of us receive our first penetration non-consensually or um, too strong, too fast, and it can cause trauma. And then we've got all these other things I think I touched on on the last podcast around uh, shame, around wearing nappies and, and, uh, how, and like the, the conflation that we, the messages we learn as a kid from parents and people changing our nappies around it being dirty or filthy or smelly and the, the balm and our genitals and all of this sort of stuff, which is a, another, another podcast. Um, <laughs> but also for men, for men, you know, it's like receiving pleasure in our anuses is like we have to fight uh, quite a lot against a culture that suggests it's not okay for men to, uh, certainly a heteronormative uh, narrative, that it's not okay for men to feel pleasure in our anuses. And of course we have, our, our prostate in our anuses, which is you know, made from the same biological tissue that the female G-spot or paraurethral sponge is mm. made from. So we've got this, we've got this gland that is the source of huge amounts of pleasure and sensation and, um, and possibility that we're just shutting down. We're refusing to feel, we're not allowing ourselves to feel, we're not allowing ourselves to touch, we're not allowing people to touch us. And and then we've got the, the act of receiving, of the act of being penetrated is an incredibly vulnerable thing, as I imagine most women know a lot better than most men. Yeah. But so for a man to, so, you know, I don't think a guy should penetrate a woman until he's at least had the experience of being penetrated. I think it's, uh, it changed everything for me when I started receiving penetration and, and it caused a huge amount of grief because I was like, I was humbled by how vulnerable it was. Yeah. And, um, and to think that I didn't appreciate that when I was younger and penetrating. 
uh, it breaks my heart, and it breaks my heart the um, you know the impact that I've I've had. And so, it's so important for us to to receive penetration so that we know how vulnerable a thing it is to penetrate. And mm-hmm. I think it goes a long way to supporting us to be uh, well to, to be artistic in our intimacy. Um, yeah. And then, so moving on from that, um, there's also this energetic piece that if that softening and relaxing and opening the anal sphincters and the sacrum and the nerve plexuses in the sacrum seem to have a direct impact on our possibility to move bioelectrical energy up the spine and up the nervous system at the back of the body, which can stop ourselves um, having involuntary orgasm or involuntary ejaculation. So a lot of people who come, I do work with around uh, a lack of choice uh, a lack of ejaculatory choice i will talk about getting softer and self-touch and prostate massage and uh, anal touch and play in order to allow the the sensations in the body to move up the back of the body rather than move out the front of the genitals and if we're so terrified about feeling anything in our assholes we're all clenched in the buttocks clenched in the base of the body then as soon as some energy gets built up here it's going to escape through ejaculation uh, but if we can get looser and softer and and more available to feel sensations in the base and back back base of our body and then in my experience at least we can use our breath sound movement and intention to to draw the energy up the back of the body mm. and and then we can move into the realms of of i don't know activating the vagus nerve um from a physiological point of view or or lifting energy into the chakras if you're if you subscribe to a, a hatha yoga model and, um, and so on so yeah. uh, so accessing different qualities and levels of sensation in the body so you know whatever the question the answer is anal massage <laughs> <laughs> which which i or which which i already knew but i mean I, just <laughs> a couple of thought a couple of reflections just have come out of that i mean one um, it is about the, the the trust and how important that is um, to mm. you know I mean I've I've had a, a number of anal experiences and and you're right it's um, the as a as a you know <laughs> it is so vulnerable as a as a bloke mm. as a man to and um and so that that trust and that vulnerability that that goes with it i mean i'm you know my my reflections on it is that you know i've never had the experience of it feeling pleasurable you know and Mm. and also Mm. but that comes down to a lack of um you know trust and um this the slowness that you talked about that sense of being willing to just be, to 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 sense and feel and to have mm-hmm. a have a person who's willing to to be in that space of time and um and sensing and feeling themselves so mm-hmm. yeah i mean i i i'm listening to it and i'm and i'm realize in, in the process of that of realizing you know there is a massive gap <laughs> that mm. exists in this space for me personally and i'm and i can without mm. a doubt say that 
you know I, I've gone a lot further than most most men have and yet um, mm -hmm. even in that space I'm still still well short of what you're describing and I'm mm -hmm. listening to it and, and hearing how and realizing and feeling in myself just how invaluable that would be I mean I'm mm -hmm. I'm taking, you know, Drew out of this conversation, I'm just taking, you know, I know that there are these, neo, you know, we talked about it last time, the neo-tantric schools, and I know that, you know, sex has been a, a spiritual practice, <clears throat> and, and the word, and the name Tantra is the one that it's most affiliated with, but I'm sure there are many different schools and philosophies that have used sex as a spiritual practice, but what I'm really taking away is, um, from this, you know, is that it's always been, you know, in my mind is this, that the link of sex as a spiritual practice has been the act itself and this union between two people and, and, and the various things. But what I'm really hearing is that the, 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 the practice, the spiritual practice is this deep connection into the life force that exists that we can tap into when we tap into the sexual energy that the sexual with sexual energy which is the universal energy right expressed within yeah. us in these erotic impulses and these um, deep uh, sensate experiences of being deeply alive and yeah. I, i'm feeling profoundly um awakened i guess is, is a word yeah. in the in as a consequence of this conversation um and you know that fi this final bit about the, the anal massage has it, it fits perfectly in that because what I've also heard is you know this ability to channel that that energy or, or to have that energy move in a different way and what that what that opens up and provides. Um, hmm. I think I might go and uh, get some fisting. What do you reckon? Get the mar get the marigolds out and, <laughs> <Yeah>. and go. <laughs> Yeah, Thank yeah. you, Mark. And what I mean by that is, like, it, it is, you know, so you yeah. know, I've I've been on quite a radical path, so more so mm. than most men I meet. And yes. I like the first, I don't know, the first half dozen, like, experiences into receiving anal touch were, I mean, they were some of the most significant healing experiences mm. of my life. And they were terrifying. I froze, yeah. I clenched, I like I held my breath. I didn't know what the fuck was going on. Does it make me this? Does it make me that? Is it okay to feel this? What's, you know, why am I so terrified of it? Why has my body gone into complete freeze? And I was very, very lucky to be working with a, um, a beautiful woman who knew exactly, recognized the signs, met me there, supported me through it. And it was incredibly blessed to have that, mm. to be held like that um, through it. And so for most most of us it's like where do we fucking start and yeah shit happens and so you know do i so get you know if i'm doing it with myself even you know even today i'll do it i'm you know i'll sometimes i'll put a glove on or i'll put a condom on my fingers when i'm self-pleasuring i'll touch myself if i'm with a partner but i my head i still get head fucks you know is it you know is shit gonna happen is it gonna be okay is she gonna like reach for my prostate and touch a turd you know what's you know how like the vulnerability in all of this and yet i look at porn these days and every guy in porn seems to think that sticking his cock in a, in an ass is you know is standard behavior so there's these huge yeah. disconnects again between what we're being fed and 
the vulnerable experience of of yeah. initiating and being with that and doing that with you know with someone like your your husband or asking for that from your wife or your husband who you've been like in who you've got this this is such a tender vulnerable exploration and you know comes way down and this is something we haven't mentioned yet but you know it comes way down to some of the practicing some of the beautiful on-ramp tools of for example betty martin and her three minute game you know may i will you little boundaried requests sharing mm. the vulnerabilities talking or coming to workshops or finding people who you know sexological body workers who are you know it's a it's a wonderful school of training uh, originated by joseph kramer and there are sexological body workers all over the world where you know work with people who have training around this and can really help set containers for this exploration in such a way as, as it allows us to move somatically through the experience mm -hmm. of shame emerging and contraction and all the all the somatic responses to these things so that we can coming you know this is a good place to kind of wind up now but it comes yeah. back to well, how we on-ramp this conversation which is moving slowly enough to notice the sensations the contractions the the things we call pleasure the things we call discomfort being with so that as much as possible we're moving at the speed of slowness such that we can feel and breathe and absorb and integrate and release and and build capacity slowly 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 like um you know, like a yeah. drop of water falls or erodes a rock over time and okay. yeah and eventually we'll find that our nervous systems can hold so much more charge so much more energy so much more sensation so much more eros than we ever thought possible and we've done yeah. it all from an orientation of relaxation and and within our parasympathetic systems um and then and then we can move intentionally into dances with with others and with life mm. and um yeah and that's yeah. my piece today mal that's your piece well as you said i think that's a a beautiful circle to to wind what well, begin to wind this up because you know i mean there's there there, there is a lot more that we haven't that we haven't got onto but it does feel like it, that you know this as was the first one this has just been such a profound conversation for me and i know that there's so much more to be had um and, and so much more i'm interested in but for now this 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 has been a, just a wonderful chat and and so the, the only thing I've, i'm just gonna ask drew is and and it's and it's because to step i know to step into this journey to, to begin to make that first step into this recognize it well this this willingness to engage with our self in an intimate way and in, in in a new way is a very difficult step to take so mm. if somebody wanted to take that step with you what would be what would be the what would be the way that they might do that mate how can they get in touch mm. with you how can they reach out to you bless you Matt. thank you thank you it's um yeah, it is a, a vulnerable and courageous journey. And um, and they can contact me through my website, um, which is drewlawson.net, D-R-E-W-L-A-W-S-O-N.net. They can search for Richel Eros, a group on Facebook that I uh, co-manage. Um, 
and they can also take a look at um you know i can i'm happy to have chats i'm happy to signpost but there's you know wherever you are and you're listening to this there will be uh, likely be sexological body workers in your area there'll be there will likely be local practitioners who can support you and um you, know, you can either contact me and i can signpost you or uh, or you can just have a look around um in your local mm. area and and all of that to say as i as i've said during this it starts you know if you've got an impulse to jump online and do loads of searches for stuff then i would really encourage you to 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 follow a different impulse which would be to turn all of that stuff off sit down take a slow breath and notice the sensations in your body and if that's your practice then do that do that for a, a day a week a year a decade um and you know look out look out for allies and guides and mentors and um and be in touch uh, if you wish to to know more and i'm pretty sure you'll probably pop some of these details uh on the uh in the script as well thanks so much Mal. they will hey drew thank you so much this has been a, a beautiful conversation and i appreciate the time and and um we'll speak to you again thank very soon hey yeah thank you everyone for listening i hope there's been something here that you can take away and um much love mark thanks for all your work and uh and for this podcast it's invaluable you're welcome all right mate take, take care. care we'll catch you soon ciao bye for now From this week's podcast, if there's been anything that's inspired you, challenged you, or simply left you wanting more, then please reach out to Richie and Mal via their Facebook page, Man Reimagined. Just like you, we're trying to get a handle on all of these issues and topics, so the more we're able to share and talk about them, I think the better off we're all going to be. Until next time, catch you later.